0: Well, welcome, everyone. This is Chris Tubbs, President of the California Fire Chiefs Association. And on today's episode, uh, we have Chief Jason Kelling, who is the Chief of the Pechanga Fire Department and the President of the Tribal Fire Chiefs Association. Real excited to have him here with us today to tell us about tribal chiefs, the Tribal Chiefs Association and Tribal Fire Departments in the state of California. So with that, I'm going to kick it over to Jason and, and let Jason introduce himself, tell us a little bit about um, himself and his career and his agency and then we'll get kicking off on a couple of questions so uh, welcome chief. Oh
1: thank you chief thanks for having me yeah uh, yeah as you stated uh, my name is Jason Keeling uh, I am the fire chief of the Pachanga Fire Department and I also hold the position as president of the California Tribal Fire Chiefs Association. Um, I've been in the fire service now for 28 years I started my career in Riverside County as a, a volunteer firefighter uh, in Riverside County and then went to work for the U.S. Forest Service on the Cleveland National Forest for about four or five seasons, and then uh, found myself working uh, in the San Diego area uh, in uh, San Pasqual Valley. Uh, from San Pasco Valley, I then uh, made my way up the system into becoming a captain here with Pechanga Fire Department in 2003, and since 2003, I've worked my uh, way up the ranks uh to fire chief where I was uh, appointed in uh, 2010. Uh that's currently the position I hold now um, as the fire chief here at Pachanga Fire Department located in the city of Temecula, right on the Riverside County San Diego County border. Um that's so that's a little bit about my career. Um a little bit about my department. Obviously we're a tribal fire department or uh, a two station fire department with 24 to 27 floor staff, 10 reserves. Um we have a fire prevention program. A few admin staff, emergency services management program. And we also have a nine person fuels management crew that I oversee here uh, for
0: Pachanga. So that's a little bit about our organization and our structure. Well, well, again, Chief, I'm really grateful that you're willing to join us today. And I think it'll be, um, you know, very informative for um, the Cal Chiefs membership to learn more about tribal fire departments and the association and, uh, you know, what maybe are some things that are challenges that are unique to tribal agencies versus maybe municipal or special districts uh, and then things that are the same. And uh, so uh, maybe a great place to start is tell us a little bit about the association and what its mission and purpose is.
1: Yeah, so the association I believe was started in 2003, 2004, somewhere in that time frame, uh that the association was under uh, uh the name of Scarfa, which was Southern California Reservation Fire Authority, and I believe it was started at that time really to uh identify tribal fire departments as a group and for that group to determine how to get reimbursable funding uh, from their for their organizations when responding off reservation and mutual aid and and assisting other organizations i don't believe they were actually even in the mutual aid system the organizations back then um so the group was formed i think to really look at uh how do a uh, have a platform uh to represent themselves and then b also uh how do we get engaged into the mutual aid system and how to do, how does it work and what do we need to do as these upcoming new tribal fire departments, uh, you know, throughout the state. Um, currently, you know, there is about, uh, you know, 110 tribes and, and maybe around 60 to 70 fire departments. Uh, we do not, as an organization, represent all 60 or 70 of those departments, um, but we do represent a large majority of them, mainly in Southern California and Central and Northern California. Um, and really, that's kind of the organization. How it got started was, Uh, kind of with the economic development and Indian gaming on tribal communities and their uh, recognition of an opportunity and and need to provide, uh, you know, fire and
0: EMS services uh, in Indian country. So have you found um, across the state with the different uh, tribal uh, agencies that there are things that are similar for all of you and then things that are different? And, you know, obviously – um, sort of on my side of the shop, when we look at special districts and municipal uh, districts or agencies, we see similar things. We also see different differences, right, like funding sources and the laws that that govern us and then our, our government structure. You tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. I think we're the same. I think, uh, you know, we're always going to be unique as uh, tribal uh, governments and, and sovereign governments. Our funding sources for the all risk component fire departments, which when I say all risk means, you know, obviously your fire, your your EMS, ALS, rescue, hazmat, prevention, you know, circumferences, everything, all services being provided in our communities. Usually those agencies at that level are, are having uh, financial support through Indian Gaming. That is the only and primary financial mechanism to support uh those services uh for tribes um we do not receive funding from the federal government uh from DOD DOI BIA uh none of those agencies provide funding to stand up or purchase the assets necessary and resources and staffing and facilities and everything to support that uh fire service uh, in indian country it is solely funded through indian gaming so i think that's going to be unique right because those are businesses and each one of those businesses probably have different levels of profit margins and different levels of success um throughout the state so based on your tribes probably uh, you know economic situation along with how they determine their priorities of government services is probably going to play into what level of fire department and fire services you're able to provide uh within that community which i think is is unique um, we have no tax revenue. Uh, we don't tax our community members or tribal members. Those are the owners of the business. So that wouldn't really make sense to tax them in this aspect. Um, we really are having to do, I think, uh, a high level of education. Um, you know, and, and put the value to these services in Indian country and, and on tribal lands is, is to, you know, another facet of how to help protect uh not only the people but the environment the culture and the history right of of the tribes and 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 that's where we really uh bring that value um is to have that personalized proprietary service uh within uh our, each of our tribes
0: so, you know, understanding that tribes are a sovereign territory, you know, not subject to the same, you know, federal and state laws uh, as the, sort of the rest of us are, is there any taxing structure within tribal territories, you know, to provide services sort of outside of fire and EMS? So are services delivered, you know, sort of outside of our envelope? And if they are, how are they funded? Is there any sort of taxing structure um, on tribal lands?
1: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't answer that for all tribes uh, throughout the state, but I think from the, the, the the few that I know and, and and work with that there is no tax revenue. There is no taxing of other services. Um, the tribes are, their goal is to be sovereign, right? And self-sufficient and self-reliant. That's, that's the goal, right? To, uh, ultimately utilize, uh, Indian gaming and the funding that comes from that source to, uh, provide the basic services like a normal community or city or district would have. That's the goal. And, 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 uh, doing that, you know, you provide your own water department, your public utilities department, um, you know, your, uh, GIS department, your, you know, all these different things we have formed here and those services are offered to the members that live within that community. Um, you know, I think majority of time at no cost, there could be some costs associated with them. We're taking on endeavors such as, you know, creating uh you know a Wi-Fi internet sustainable program throughout the reservation so that so that the the community can have access to a good Wi-Fi and internet and 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 be able to obtain those resources so that they can be successful and their children can be successful, specifically during COVID and uh, you know, the uh remote working and situation like that was very challenging. And and it was, we were very lucky and fortunate to have those services uh here at Pechanga. Um, And I think a lot of tribes strived for that, like I said, that self-reliance in, in providing all those resources. But uh, to my knowledge, there's probably some, maybe some grant funding that's out there, I think for certain things, roads, um, different types of healthcare, things like that, maybe community outreach, uh, you know, different programs, but I think it's very limited. I, I really feel that the majority of the development and infrastructure and resources that tribes have, uh, is coming from their gaming revenue.
0: Okay. So, um, understanding that your funding source, you know, obviously, as you said, is coming from the gaming industry. You don't sort of have some of these alternative revenue streams that those in local government may have. Uh, but if I heard you correctly, you said that it's not uncommon in, uh, certain tribes and tribal lands that there are additional, if you will, sort of local government services that are funded through the gaming industry. And as you know from your, you know, experience before being uh, in a in a, a tribal uh, organization, the importance of interaction between you know different types of local government services, you know, police and fire, the water department, and so on. Do you find that that's the same um, in your organizations as well? Is it having those? close working relationships exist and that they're important as part of kind of a tapestry of local government services or local tribal services?
1: I do. Uh, I I think uh, over time we continue to strengthen those relationships. I think uh, in the beginning it's challenging, right, as anybody starts off, you're forming your own community and you're not understanding really the best ways maybe at all times on how to get these resources to your community, um, but over time, you build those partnerships, those relationships, uh, with your local and regional, uh, utility providers and servers. And then you try to maximize that, right? You try to find out what opportunities are available to you, uh, as a tribe, um, that may not be available to a city or to a district or, uh, to a federal agency. Um, and you try to find better ways to do things and more efficiently and, and more effectively. So I think we're always looking at that. We we respect our partnerships and our agreements uh, in place uh, to provide those services. And like any other government entity, I think we just want to be a good partner and a good neighbor um, and also, you know, try to ensure that we're protecting the values and uh, culture and history of the
0: tribe at all times. Do you find that the, the community that you serve is generally very supportive and appreciative of the fire department, you know, much like we see sort of outside of tribal lands?
1: Yeah, of course, 100% we do. Um, you know, you gotta, uh, for us, you know, tribal fire departments, I'm going to say maybe some are 30 years old, maybe 35, if you're reaching down to some that have been around for since the existence. But majority are in the 20 to 25-year range. So for our communities and tribes to have these services, the value of them, and I think the pride that they have that they are able to have, uh, you know, emergency ALS paramedics responding to their community members, their family members within a, you know, uh, you know, we, we shoot for the five minute window, obviously, in our communities, everybody does the golden rule, but, you know, to be able to have that and know that it's there for you. And that you were able to provide that for your people, I think, uh, is a, a great accomplishment and I think comes with great pride. And, and we have great support uh, here. And I'm speaking specifically sometimes just for me and, and Pechanga, but I feel overall uh, a majority, uh, I would say, of all the tribal fire departments have a, a great support
0: from their leadership and from their communities so with um, the the tribal departments, obviously you provide you know the operational um, response um, capability are any of the tribes sort of involved in the prevention lane and the you know the public education uh, sort of community preparedness and what kind of interaction with the community do many of the departments find Do they that they find that there is a Uh, a a great um, willingness and desire to participate? Uh, Are you challenged like some of us are in sort of getting the community's attention? Uh, What what are your guys' experience?
1: Yeah, I think uh, on the prevention front, I think it's probably a little bit more limited. Um, I don't know that the, I don't know the exact percentage, but I would say, you know, you're more looking in, you know, the, probably the lower percentage 20 to 25% of uh, tribes with all risk fire departments have that prevention bureau or the prevention division. Um, specifically speaking for Pechanga, we do have a fire prevention division. Uh, our fire chief is Patty Dahl. I believe she's also the secretary uh, sitting on uh, the, the FPOs for Cal chiefs as well. Um, first tribal uh, you know, representative to do that, I believe, uh, in the state as well. So we're proud of that and her accomplishments and her representation but I think for us, it's always been in place. There's always been a level, whether it was contracted or in-house on the fire prevention through uh construction and development of our high rises, our towers, our hotels, resorts, casinos. We needed that. We wanted to be engaged in that on the fire side. We didn't want that to be contracted out and not have a hand on that and, and understand uh, the systems and the development of those and, and make sure that our safety and our needs were met during that time. So. Yes, we have, uh, we have a, a great outreach through community education. Um, we hold multiple events a year in, in community education on fire prevention. Uh, we do, uh, you know, fire prevention night in October where we bring in, uh, you know, the community, which is attended by maybe three, 400 people at times. So we have great participation in our community outreach events. I think the areas where we want more, right, is. Is when we're trying to uh, you know work on things that are kind of in code compliance. Here at Pachanga, uh, you know, we've adopted uh, you know some ordinances that are in line with uh, you know fire code and international fire code and things of that nature, um, which is is challenging, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're in a way you know changing uh, thousands of years of uh, history and and uh, culture. And asking them to now, you know, hey, let's put smoke detectors in here, let's put sprinklers in our buildings, let's, you know, widen the roads and pave them and no speed bumps and, you know, all these types of things that we understand from a all risk uh response component but we have to also be patient and identify that we're really turning, uh, making a U-turn in a culture that really hasn't had that type of oversight or, uh, really direction that's been kind of, uh, pushed or educated, uh, throughout the community. So it is challenging. Our participation, uh, you know, usually is, is, is lower than I think the norm would be. Um, because of that, um, it's, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're an authority figure, right? Uh, on these types of things. And, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're really doing good work on the, what we call our community risk reduction program. You know, we're really starting to engage other departments, members of our community, and it's not just a, a fire, uh, pushed agenda. It's a, it's an all department, all hands on deck. We're all doing something to minimize uh, the risk in our community to have a safer community. So let's put that out there and educate each other on what those things are. Um, you know, as simple as our AED programs, our pad program in our facilities or our fire prevention program that does weed abatement, you know, around our dwellings or, um, you know, our, our sidewalk CPR program, you know, all of these obviously, uh, enhancing services in our community for a safer community. So, yeah, I I think that we have, I'm happy with the support we have. I think uh, for all of us, we know that that's always challenging uh, when we get into the fire prevention, but I think uh, it's education and it's time. Uh, I think with something we
0: just got to be patient with and over time, uh, hopefully we can get to where we want to be. Well, I think all of us can attest to the challenge of uh, change, um, you know, regardless of the audience or the issue. Um You know, I I often share with some of my folks how uh, I started in 1978 and it was before the introduction of the ICS system in Washington state. And I remember when we introduced it, you would have thought we were asking to store a nuclear device in our fire station. Now you fast forward today and after, you know, 40 years of that being integrated into the basic fire academy and into our culture, if we were to one day say, you know what, we've looked at this ICS thing, it's not so great after all, we're going to get rid of it. We would have the same reaction, but for the opposite reason. And, uh, I think each of us that, you know, as fire chiefs, certainly we're dealing with change every day and we recognize it really is sort of the steady hand on the wheel. We turn like the Titanic. Right. But we just need to maintain, you know, focus on where we're going and and help help bring people along. So um, I can certainly appreciate, you know, what you're just what you were just talking about. What with that in mind, though, you know, I think what are some of the maybe strategic initiatives or challenges even that you are facing as an association and certainly your agency right now, as you look at today and sort of maybe the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for us uh, as an association, you know, really some of the challenges we have in front of us would seem pretty basic. It's really just identifying how many tribal fire departments we have in the state of California that are all risk fire departments or providing some level of service, whether it's just wildland or EMS, um, we really are challenged trying to uh, capture that data. And that's something that we put as a priority right now is to understand uh, what is our association and what are we as tribal fire departments and what are our numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the challenges. Um, obviously for us, you know, it's the same as everybody else. I mean, recruitment and retention uh, is difficult, right, for tribal fire departments at times. We're not, we don't have the same, uh, I'm going to just say salaries, wages, and benefits. I'll leave it at that structure or uh plans that are in place for retirement. Uh, I think we're different and unique. I think, uh, obviously, we we understand we have to be competitive. Um, but at the same time, by not having the complete package of, you know, all those put together and knowing what, what your retirement is when you, you know, check out at 2.75 at 57, here's what I get. And that's what a lot of people like. A lot of uh firefighters want to see that and understand that stability and we understand that and, and not all of us can offer that right now so those are challenges for us right to retain our employees is very costly as you know and everybody else does to uh have employees come in and 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 be great assets for you and and do great things and two or three years in you know uh they they leave and go to another agency and take all that effort and training and, you know, uh, commitment to them with them and another organization uh, gets that benefit and gets that asset. And, and we have to start over, we have to hit the reset button. Um, and that's been our challenges. I think for all, I can speak for a lot of travel fire departments. Uh, it really puts us, uh, behind the power curve in our uh, ability to continue and progress as a whole, as a department as well. Um, we're losing, you know, uh, what I call, you know, is our rock stars and, you know, our great uh, assets uh, to other organizations. Um, yeah. They're still in the system and we're happy with that and we're proud that we were able to produce that. Uh But at the same time, we've got to find better ways to retain these individuals uh for long-term careers. We want you to come to Pachanga or to tribal departments like you would any other local government or state or, or federal and, and really make a career, stay there for your career and uh, do good things and progress through the ranks
0: and and take us into the future. And, and that's I think some of the some of the big challenges I think we all have. Well, you know, as we as we're talking today, and certainly, you know, when when we met recently, um, you know, one of the things that I pulled from our conversations is how many of the things that we're dealing with are the same. You know, obviously there are differences in our revenue streams and and perhaps even our governance structures and those kind those kinds of things. Are there are there other differences? And you've sat sort of you know on both sides of this fence. Are there any other sort of notable differences that you think are unique and maybe even pose a bit of a challenge for tribal departments versus, you know, local government like special districts or municipal organizations?
1: Yeah, I don't. I, nothing really jumps out at me that I look at that's not a, achievable, you know, or, or that, that is a challenge. Uh, there are usually smaller challenges, um, I think, maybe originally uh, in the inception of tribal fire departments. It was very challenging to A build credibility, uh, B understand where you fit into the system. Uh C, you know, really try to build those uh relationships and uh and have trust uh because you know, uh, there's always gonna be uh you know a perception of what tribal fire departments were maybe 25, 30 years ago and what their training levels and equipment and and, and assets were. But I think that's, that's changed. I think where we're at today, um, you know, we have to meet the same CICCS qualifications as any other uh, mm-hmm. fire department in the state of California. And not only that, a majority of us will also meet all the requirements on the federal side uh, of things. So we're, you know, cross trained and staffed with to a higher level. And we want to make sure we, we uh, can display that in that professionalism and that all risk department and build that credibility. So, I don't know that I see anything, you know, you're always going to see things that are different that always come back down to usually the, usually the benefits, wages, pay, um, you know, things of that nature. Our, our shift structures are the same. Um, you know, we work a uh, 4896 most tribal departments. Um, so those are the same. Our, our equipment is all up to par and, and up current and, you know, and, and our facilities and our, and our, uh, you know, basically all our resources that we have available to us. So I feel like there's not too many challenges. I think the biggest difference is just, you know, your tribal and your local government. But to us, sometimes we don't know where we fit, right? Uh, sometimes we want to be local government or we feel we're local government, right? We're getting dispatched through a mutual aid system, Mm -hmm. through our local, uh, PSAP, and we feel like a local government resource and we look like and we work like and, and we are. Um, but then in there's other times where, wait a minute, we're sovereign, right? We're a tribal fire department. So you kind of got to pull us out of there. And then you want to, then we want to get plugged over into the federal side and we get, sat next to, you know, DOD and, and BIA and things of that nature. And then we go, wait a minute, we raise the hand again, you know, wait, wait, we're not BIA. We don't work for the BIA, you know, yeah, we can assist them, but uh, you know, we're, so I think that's our biggest challenge. It's kind of the misconception of the department, right? You know, what, what are they? And I think that's kind of why we're having this conversation today. And hopefully uh, over time we can have more members of tribal fire departments be able to speak, um, to the organization and to the association, and and kind of express what their experiences are. You know, I I'm solely sp- speaking from my experience and, as the president and been a member of the Tribal Fire Chiefs for the last 13 years. Um, you know, I don't think we're any different. I, you know, I I, I want to say that we're putting both feet on the black and one in on the green, like everybody else, and and we're marching side by side with our brothers and sisters, and, and we're doing the same job. Um, we really see parity is really what we're trying to seek. And that's not only going to be coming from the outside uh, influence. We have to do that internally with our own tribal governments. We have to work with them and and educate and have them uh, kind of guide us on when and where and how we can accomplish these goals to continue to better uh, those services. Um, It's an internal thing as much as it is external. It's probably a 50-50, right? Um, some simple accomplishments, you know, or like in state of California, death benefits. Well, now tribal fire departments were just, uh, you know, a bill just passed to allow us to, uh, seek some of those benefits now, um, for education for our, our children and things of that nature. If there's a line of duty death or, um, disability. So those are small things, but they're big, right? They're, they're, they're more creating that parity. Um, so those are the things we kind of, that I see that are differences that we're
0: working on that are, that are, Different, but not different. Yeah, I, I, it strikes me that it's like a lot of things in life, right, is when we really begin to dig into uh, an issue, um, we find that there's a lot more commonality than there is differences, you know. And if we focus on the differences, you know, obviously that leads to division and we focus on the similarities that that leads to growth and, you know, sort of um that that evolution of learning more about others who, and the similarities we have and how we can partner uh, together. You know, as you were talking about that, I was sort of struck uh, by, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about in the Cal Chiefs Association over the last couple of years is in our vision statement, it talks about how we seek to be the voice of the California Fire Service. And we had that conversation with your association recently, right? Which is in part why I think we both reached out to each other and said, if, if we're going to be the voice of the California Fire Service, who, who's missing from the, from the table here? And, you know, clearly, um, the tribal chiefs is one of those groups. And, and I would agree, you know, that, um, you guys are our brothers and sisters. And just because your revenue stream and your governance structure is different, that if that's it, then, then what are we talking about here? Um, and I know that we're really, really grateful that, uh, you know, you guys have expressed some interest in coming on board and, and, you know, we have you on as a provisional member now and taking this to the members in, um, our annual conference. We're really looking forward to that because I think to your point, um, this is another example of when we come together as a fire service family where we can discover how we support one another. And it, it sort of leads to this next question is, you know, Cal Chiefs, like most of the, the associations, fire service associations, of the state of California, get involved in some level of legislation, right? And I'm sort of curious, and I'm sure it's not a one-size-fits-all uh, for the tribal association, but does the association get involved in the legislative process at all, and what does that kind of look like?
1: Yeah, good question. Uh, you know, we we try to I think at times all of our all of us as uh, tribal chiefs when we hear legislation and we think about what those uh, parameters are for us as chiefs. The hair stands up on the back of our neck a little bit, you know, and we're kind of like, okay, you know, how far are you going to go out here? Uh, you know, because we all have clear direction, uh, I would imagine, from our uh, elected officials and tribal councils and, and our legal team of what we can and can't really participate in, right? Um, we don't always know uh, what legislation that our tribes are uh, supporting or non-supporting, um, you know, and how that affects them in different ways right. um, throughout state or federal legislation. So we have to be very cautious as uh, the word I use. Um, usually uh, if there's something that is directly fire related, Uh, I'll give you some uh, examples, some things we've accomplished through the organization. You know, you're looking at AB 798, which Governor Newsom signed, which was ambulances being able to be managed by fire departments on federally recognized tribes and not requiring them to have the special license or as a private ambulance, that type of licensing. Um, That was big for us, right? Uh, We're an all-risk fire department and that's more of that parity. That's uh so you know AB 798 is work done by the tribal fire chiefs association i think we uh, were out there uh, supporting AB 816 which allowed the the tribes to opt into uh, master mutual aid uh tribes were not really able to opt into master mutual aid yeah i think in the state of the california we do a great job as you know hey you've helped us if you need us we're going to be there right but we're, we weren't formally really identified and now we are federally recognized tribes are now identified in uh, master mutual aid um and then you have the California death benefits uh, AB 2661 uh that was recently signed that, that was brought up and 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 passed which allows uh you know tribal firefighters uh to to receive those death benefits and, and uh disability benefits so just a few there areas that we would want to support and and what we want to do is we want to as individual chiefs Uh, Take those to our tribal councils and and our legal teams and and our lobbyists and those folks and provide our education and our expertise and knowledge of what these bills do and what they mean and and whether we support them or not. And and in most cases, these types of things we do. And then we have to let them do their work on the back end. Right. And determine, okay what how does this affect or does it or does it not affect us as a government uh, and as a tribe whatsoever, you know, um, mm-hmm. tribes, uh, you know, aren't going to do things that are going to, uh, waive, uh, sovereign immunity and things of that nature. It's just, uh, that, you know, those things have to be weighed out by, uh, the legal teams and, and those folks. And, uh, so it is, uh, you, you have to be cautious. cautious is the cautious word I use. Um, and it's something that, uh, we need to realize, uh, you know, is important, uh, for us as organizations to, want to support and stand up and support legislation that's beneficial to uh, the fire service and to uh, what we have. But at the same time uh, we need to uh, understand that we, we have to have that support from up top or be given that direction to push for that support uh, or go seek that support um, from our, our elected officials. So uh, we we do, it's a very limited, I'm going to dance, sum it up. It's we're very limited, I think at mm-hmm. this point, uh, we really just sit back and unless it's something that's directly, uh, affecting tribal fire departments, um, we just, you know, kind of take a, uh, uh, observation stance for the most part. Um, and, unless we feel, uh, or the tribe just give us our leadership gives us direction. Uh, to go in. But like you said, we're all unique. We're all different um, because Pachanga may support it. Um, Verona or Saquon or Yochidehi may not support it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So uh, as the president, I have to be cautious of that as well and um, understanding that we have to look out for everybody as a whole. And in legislation that really needs to be done independently within a vacuum of our organization.
0: Yeah. Well, that certainly makes sense. Um, with uh, your current status as the president of uh, the tribal association, what are some of the things then sort of separating this legislation piece? What are some of the things that you're looking to accomplish and the association is looking to accomplish, you know, this year during your tenure? And then there's always the difficult part, kind of a two-part question, you know, looking into your crystal ball, <laughs> um, what what do you see sort of for the future of the tribal association? What are maybe some of the issues that might be coming down the pike for uh, your association and the members?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're working on through our strategic planning and, you know, some of the top things we identified was uh, being more engaged uh, as an association, right? Being, being more uh, public, uh, being more accessible. Uh, we have to do that as an organization. Um, starting off with, uh, you know, our partnership and, and with, with Cal Chiefs and, uh, you know, continuing that relationship to grow that, uh, our partnerships with CSFA, uh, be active in those organizations. Uh, if we want to have a voice, we have to put that forward through our organization and our members. Um, and we have to be engaged. That's, that's what I kind of tell them, you know, the new board is, uh, you know, what my expectations are that we're involved, we're engaged, we're, we're present. Um, and that way we can hopefully start building this foundation, uh, that will strengthen our organization by numbers. Uh, you know, my goal is if there's 70 fire departments that are tribal on tribal lands in California, I want all 70 of them to participate, uh, in our association so that we can meet all their needs. You know, our goal, of the association is really to help represent, um, you know, other tribal departments, help educate and help support their leadership um, to whatever level of services they want to provide, fire, EMS, rescue, um, hazmat, prevention, whatever that is, we want to give you uh, an opportunity to have um, our experiences, share our experiences, share our challenges, and share some of our, uh, you know, achievements and, and some of our losses as well. Um, to help you to do that, um, for your tribe. That, that's really where we came from is just trying to help each other, um, determine what's best for your communities. And here's the resources that we have available to support you to do that. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of where we are association. We, we know we want to identify those other tribal organizations. We want to get them engaged. Uh, we know that we have to look at, Our overall benefits, salaries, wages, retirement, presumptive, Um, you know, these are all things that are important um, for our members of our departments, uh, tribal departments, and we want to make sure that we're representing them in the best that we can moving forward so we know we want to enhance those areas um, as we grow. But again, we have to understand we're 25, 20, 15, whatever it may be, your fire department's and those things take time uh to get there but we're hoping you know through uh these associations your associations and uh and you know others that that we can build those uh within uh indian country and four other tribes and and that we can be looked at you know uh, as parity or apples for apples when folks are choosing what departments they want to have a career with we want pachanga to be on that list um, we understand what we are as an organization. We understand our culture. And I think for tribal fire departments as a whole, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at the level of skill and talent that, that are on tribal fire departments. Um, you know, we, we have the abilities and the, and the folks to really push us into the future. And I think they're going to do that. Um, we just got to make sure that we can provide, you know, a, a great, Uh, work environment uh, that meets their needs as well, uh, you know, in our departments.
0: Yeah, certainly. And I think all of us as fire chiefs want that for our organizations, right, is that that's part of our responsibility is building the organization in the future. And that's the succession and mentoring work. And I think relationships like this help with that, right? There are challenges that uh, my agency might face that perhaps you have already gone through um, and I can learn from that. And, and and I think again, this is part of uh, you know the vision of uh, Cal Cheese has been as we uh, sort of widen the net, if you will, and you know who all if we want to be live into our vision, you know is the is the net capturing everybody? Because if we do, then there's a lot more for us to learn that we can take back to our organizations and our independent organizations, and we can benefit from that. You know, if you operate in a silo, that that's the only experience you have, uh, and it's really hard to get a lot of growth from that. Um, sort of with that in mind, I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things about the tribal association, your agency, and some of the things that are kind of maybe a little unique and a lot of things that are the same. Is there anything that we have not talked about that you think would be really important for Cal Chiefs members to know about?
1: You know, I think the biggest thing we really haven't got into too much is, you know, the misconception that tribal fire departments are BIA resources. Um, I think that probably is uh, across the board, probably the biggest mi- misconception for us is that, uh, you know, we work for the BIA or BIA funded. Uh, and that's not the case. Uh, tribal fire departments are are self-funded, all-risk fire departments. Um, funded by their gaming or other uh, revenue sources. Um, and we do not uh, work directly for the BIA. Um, yes, the BIA is a partner and the BIA uh, is part of the signatory to the five party, six party agreement. And that is how tribal fire departments kind of have that conduit to uh, the system for reimbursement uh, specifically for federal fires and things of that nature. But really we, we need, uh, to represent ourselves as tribal fire departments. I don't know the answer to that yet. That is part of our strategic plan. What is the platform for tribal fire departments? How do we get a seat at the table, uh, at Fire Scope? How do we get a seat at the table at the conversations and review of the, the, the six party, five party agreement for CFAA? How do we represent ourselves? Is that through local government? Is it through the BIA? Is it through uh, something that we don't even have in place, which would be tribal fire departments uh, as as an association or representation uh, independent of both of those. Um, So those are things we have to work through and understand uh, what is best for uh, our organizations. So I think that's the biggest misconception. Yes, we have a working relationship. The BIA has, you know, obviously the fiduciary responsibility uh, for trust lands. Um, They do that in an effort on wildland fire suppression only but the bia doesn't have resources so it's done through contracts usually or either with the tribal fire departments or with cal fire or with the us forest service whatever mechanism that may be uh to meet that fiduciary responsibility on on uh trust lands but they are no means uh by any way uh should be representing uh the 60 to 70 tribal fire departments uh, independently throughout the state um, that's where we feel like we're probably, uh, misrepresented and, and, and misunderstood. So we have to find a way to find out how do we get ourselves, uh, to the table? Um, or through these organizations have a voice so that when these things come about or legislation or, uh, policy change or things that affect the fire service as a whole, which affects us, um, you know, how, how do we participate in that, uh, mission and, and uh, and have a voice moving forward. I think that's the biggest, uh, you know, one of the biggest things out there that we want to make sure we're, we're being heard and understood, uh, you know, and it's clear that, uh, we're here for the big picture, just like everybody else. We're here to support the mutual aid system, help out our neighbors, uh, and the, and the regions and and really just be a great partner, uh, in the fire service.
0: Yeah. It strikes me as you're talking about that, you know, I know for myself and I I'm sure I'm not the only one, um, if you were to ask me what I know about the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the BIA, I would tell you little to nothing. Um, I know who they are. I know that they are a, f- a federal entity, but I couldn't tell you what their mission was. I couldn't tell you what their you know their operating guidelines or their what, what are sort of the boundaries around what their mission is. Um, and that could be very beneficial, certainly for you know, those of us in the California Fire Service, sort of understanding what is the differentiation between the BIA and the tribal departments, to your point. Um, I think a lot of times misconceptions come about because there's an absence of information, right? That vacuum of information. Uh, but I think that's, you're right. I think that's a really important distinction, especially for those in the, of us in the fire service, um, which where our business is all based on trust, right? And trust is built through, you know, knowledge and building those relationships and things. So I, I think that's a really excellent point. And I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, are there other things you think that we've not touched on today that are, um, again, you know, maybe beneficial for our membership? That's a great example of one, I think, that that uh, maybe our folks may have some misunderstanding about or or uh, that we've not talked about.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to miss a couple of things here. But I think the biggest thing is just, uh, you know, understanding that if a tribal fire department is coming to assist you in need in your community, that you're getting an all-risk fire department. Uh, you're getting a trained, capable, professional fire ord- all risk fire organization uh, that, that's coming to assist you. Um, so, I, you know, I, I want us all to understand, you know, we we may look different in our title, but at the end of the day, uh, we're the same. Uh, you know, we're, we're there to provide the same service um our patch may be different but at the end of the day we're, we're we're no different than uh our neighbors and our local government state and federal partners um we just don't have that representation i guess and just haven't educated uh our communities and and our officials you know to the point where that's understood by now um but it it also like i said we're new so it takes time um we have to build that reputation uh you have to earn it and uh, i think that's what we're trying to do tribal fire departments out there is, is we want to be good partners and we want to assist when we can. And, uh, we're here to, uh, we're here to help. And we also understand we're unique, right. And, and we understand that. Uh, and we know that we're going to have to work through those challenges, uh, independent, like districts maybe do, or local government does, or feds do, we're, we're going to have those same challenges and, and it's going to take time but i think uh in, in that process we're all going to learn um and i think we'll become stronger together uh like you said it you know the biggest thing is you know minimize our differences and maximize our similarities that's what we want to focus on
0: yeah well and hopefully this platform is you know one of those tools that helps you know maybe break down some of those areas of concern or the absence of knowledge right is when we're when we're having these conversations and um we're sharing this kind of information i think again that you know, that only benefits folks. And and I know, as we've talked about, um, our leadership team is really excited about you guys being a part of Cal Cheese for all of these reasons that we're talking about. And um, I'm really grateful that you were able to take time out of your day. Um, to talk with us about the tribal association, your agency. Um, and sort of, you know, as we move forward, I, I know we'll probably do some additional podcasts, especially as, you know, our relationship grows and as, you know, new things come across, um, our, our desks, whether collectively or individually, it's an opportunity for us to share, you know, what we learn, uh, the good things as well as the bad. Um, and sometimes we learn more from the bad than we do from the good. Um, but again, Jason, I really appreciate that you've taken time out of your day uh, to um, have this conversation with me and at least begin to, uh, you know, understand some of these things that we've talked about. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to being able to do this again in the future. So thank you uh, for joining us today.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it, Chris. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak here today. Uh, it was a pleasure and uh, we look forward to our continued uh, working relationship and partnerships uh, with cal chiefs and and look forward to, uh, to being on future podcasts and, and hoping we can help educate and, and be part of the solutions moving forward
0: I'm looking forward to that well everyone have a great day and we'll look forward to uh, connecting with you on the next episode thank you